Match week 32 in the books. City, Liverpool, draw. Biggest match to decide the title race does not decide the title race. Or did it? Me and Sam will hop in and talk everything about City, Liverpool. Also activity at the bottom. Everton and Norwich grabbed three points while Watford and Burnley edge closer to the drop. In today's episode will cover all from Saints being Saints to West Ham and United all but eliminated out of UCL contention and everything else in between. This is the Premiership Bruiser Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. First take, baby. Let me tell you about first take. You love to see it. Hank has never made a mistake in an mm. intro ever. Mm. Mm. He was out here pumping iron uh. before the podcast, so he's he's very vascular right now. Yeah, <clears throat> to say he keeps the least. yelling. Uh, I get the get same, hard. I get the same exact way anytime I get to watch Newcastle and Dan Byrne. Yes, absolutely. And good thing that's the first game we're talking about. We mm-hmm. got Newcastle, we got Wolverhampton Wanderers, we got the lineups right here: Debrevka, Shar, Target, Kraft, Burn, Jolinton, Shelby. Bruno G. We also have Mr. St. Maxim and Chris Wood, Ryan Frazier. As for Wolverhampton, we're going to have Sa, Bully, Cody, Kilman, Marcel, Johnny, Montino, Luke Cundall. Luke Cundall. No, never. Back to back. Trincao, Silva, Huang, He, Chan. St. Maxim. <laughs> Underway. Um. Yeah, you know this game, a lot slower than I thought it would be. Yeah, I thought that there might be. I thought it might be a little more open, and both teams kind of willing to go for it, only because recent form, especially for Newcastle, but Newcastle's really. <clears throat> I don't know if they were so much like let's sure it up, but then Wolves' attack was just so poor that they're like, okay, I guess we'll hold the ball and go for it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, looking at this lineup for Wolves you, you look at the obvious spot Luke Kundal in midfield that's a, a big loss there for Wolves and then Marsal also more defensive than a uh Ait Nuri yeah so not the most aggressive lineup mm-hmm. but I think they're kind of fortunate in that definitely with the Neves pick and no uh Jimenez right out this one yeah because red card no he, he missed uh just hurt was no the Leeds game wasn't the last one. He's just out. Ro- squad rotation, I guess. Must yeah, be here. He he missed the previous match due to a red card. No. Right? I believe so. I don't know. They all blur together. Well I'll tell you what. 
I think my favorite part of this game was when the announcer said, uh, when he's talking about Luke Condell, he goes, it goes to show no matter how many Portuguese are, guys are brought in, there's still room for young and and he just stopped there. I don't know why, <laughs> but it was, he did. He just didn't finish his uh, sentence. Got, got yep. the word in the ear from the producer. Hey, oi, don't say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought Wolves were a combo, probably like the three worst things possible. Conservative, slow, and sloppy in attack. Yeah, They just really weren't going forward, and if at any point they had to push forward in terms of passing or dribbling, it just felt like they were instantly going to give it away. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I wouldn't say Newcastle were too impressive in their attack either at first. There wasn't a ton of identity to their attack. It was back to just you know, hand the ball to St. Maximin and we'll see what happens. Let the chips fall where they may, you know? Yeah. Um, but they do score. Ruled offside, though. Chris Wood with... You got to get him on the ground to shoot. That's how he's most effective. You even give him some ground shots. He's a land animal. <laughs> and just a note on how apparent, like just apparent, the drop off from Nevis to Mister Luke Condal was. They made a point to talk about how he is like serviceable one game this year, and it's like, ah, well, you know, you can only get away with it so much. Yeah, it was very obvious in this game. He was poor in possession and. There was just kind of that hole in the midfield where Wolves were really lacking. And Newcastle, yeah, they held the ball, but in terms of chance creation, it just wasn't there, which was pretty disappointing to see. You give like a marginal bit of credit to defense for looking all right this game, but it was mainly the attacks just like had no... Yeah, neither both, side, really. They both, all 11 on both sides. Well, not all 11, but when it comes to attack, the attacking players had like a lobotomy before the game or something. They forgot how to play. Yeah. Second half, very similar to the first half, I thought, uh, starting off. Um, and the the main part of the second half, Wolves giveaway leads to Newcastle counterattack. Saw takes out Wood. The penalty is slotted. See, it's interesting. You, I guess you thought that the game was a bit more similar to the first half. I thought Wolves came out and looked a bit better in the second half. It seemed like it got a little more open. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of the quality I mean, compared to the chances, first half, I guess, but yeah. it's it still was the same kind of, like, slow, not much an attack for either side in mm-hmm. general. So, like, sure, Wolves might have been doing a little more than they were in the first half, but it was still virtually the same in terms of the lack of attack. Yeah. And the defense is holding strong. Um, Either way, nicely done by Chris Wood to draw the penalty. Very professionally drawn foul. Smart play. The dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruno, almost. It was a nice counterattack. Yep. A little, little trickle wide, but couldn't get the mm-hmm. second goal. And then 80th minute. Fabio Silva has a nice effort after a yeah. nice turn, but Dubrovka big comes up with a big, big save. Big save, Dubrovka. Yeah, that was really the best chance Wolves had to score. All game. All game, and uh, even that. Wasn't like an amazing, amazing chance, but mm-hmm. still had to be saved. Yeah. 1-0. We said, you said last week, Newcastle has to win for you to pick him again. Mm-hmm. I thought this game would be pretty close just because 
I don't know. Even when Wolves win, you still it's in the back of your mind like, okay, they're still gonna have a little bit of a drop off at some point, and they really yeah. hadn't for a couple of games now. You know, they're back to it. Um, yeah, Newcastle. You know, I I think it's still set in stone where the owners are gonna spend on higher quality guys. There's gonna be a lot of ins and outs. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have had to pretty much carry that run that they had that ten game run like through the rest of the year for the new ownership to even consider just keeping the team together but that little blip on the radar i think will be enough for them to be like all right you got to get some new guys in here but still good strong solid end to the season would be massive for newcastle especially for mr howes he'll probably be looking for a new job relatively soon yeah you know you look on paper and you're like okay wolves game against wolves and you pick up all three points that's a good result Mm -hmm. but then after watching the game, you're like, eh, it wasn't really that great of a performance. Wolves looked pretty poor, honestly. So I'm still hesitant on putting my faith back into Newcastle. So it is just on hold for now. I'm all back in, like always. <clears throat> uh, for Wolves, disappointing result. It feels like now... Early in the year, it felt like Lodge had the guys. He had his 11. He knew what he wanted. He just kept mm-hmm. rolling with it. And maybe like one or two rotations here or there. Now it feels like they're really mixing it about, yeah. kind of seeing what they have because they know that there's no European spot on the line. Um, smart, I assume. I mean, you can't really go wrong seeing what you have if you have nothing to really gain. But yeah, I think it at also the same goes time, to it's show... like, I feel like they're not doing themselves justice for how well they played early in the season. I think it goes to show how important Neves is to the team. And if they sell him in the summer, yeah, that they're going to need reinforcements somewhere. Because even for, Min- isn't even for Mr. Mantino, yeah, he, for he's sure. getting up there. You're going to have to buy a guy to be a regular number eight for you out yeah. there. So. Yeah. Speaking of teams that need some midfielders, Manchester United. I think United. you have the wrong game. Manchester United. I think United. you have the wrong game. Manchester, this, Manchester United. Neither of these teams could use help in the midfield. <laughs> world, world-class world midfielders. Hey, Fabian Delph, come on. Respect. Get to the lineups, Mr. Fabian Delph. Everton versus United. The early match on Saturday for Everton. Pickford, Keane, Mikalenko, Godfrey, Coleman. Alan Delph, Iwobi, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, and Anthony Gordon. For United, De Gea, Lindelof, Maguire, Tellez, Wan-Bissaka, Rashford, Fred, Bruno, Fernandez, Sancho, Matic, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Looking at the lineups, super fat man Frank thought, you know what? They have a lot of attack. We're just going to load up very defensive Allen and Delph. Maybe a little woe being there because he can at least run around. I don't know if it'll do anything in attack or defense, but it'll run around. Uh, but they're just going to say Richarlison and Gordon will be good enough to get past whatever semblance of defensive midfielders there are for United. Right. Yeah, you don't really need to load up the midfield against United because they don't really have a midfield mm-hmm. anyway, so anything will do. Yeah. Um. You know, Everton, I guess, were able to possess early on in this game. 
but the passing was just always so bad it resulted in the giveaway it felt like yeah uh united creating chances out there chance off the free kick rashford rips one right at pickford good pickford game this game mm-hmm. if you can get pickford in a spot where he's just stopping the ball and doesn't have to really distribute all that much that's keys to success for a big pickford game yeah i thought united had a good start a couple decent chances for rashford they looked lively looked like they were creating that header, chances that header was a hell of a save by pickford and a good header by rashford yeah bottom corner this is the first time in a while where rashford has actually looked like he's alive yeah it's because he semi got rid of the macaroni here <laughs> Still curly, but not the, not the cheesy noodles. <laughs> no cheesy goodness. <laughs> uh, Everton get their goal, though. Like 25th, 26th minute. Uh, nice little run by Gordon, uh, mm-hmm. edge of the box. Shot, deflects off, slabby. Yeah, big deflection, playing a huge part in this one. You got to say, it's a bit unfortunate from a United perspective to give up that goal, especially when you... You weren't playing great, but you were the All better right. team, I would yeah. say, creating You're... better chances. And then just for that to happen, it's like, ugh, that's frustrating. You know, and after the goal, I felt like Everton were kind of still in control for a little while mm-hmm. um, in terms of the pace of play and stuff. Yeah. I, obviously, as the half went on, I think United looked better than Everton. But for a while after the goal, they had like a b- nice morale boost. Mm-hmm. after the goal a little sense of belief maybe yeah uh 36 minute De Gea makes a nice save on a kind of weird looping Richarlison shot not sure if it could deflect it or what but important save so that you don't go down 2-0 um yeah De Gea you know he keeps him in it whether they win lose or draw He's, yeah the series been amazing again yeah that's I was surprised to see there's been people talking about bringing in a new keeper whereas who it's like yeah i mean they could probably use a a keeper who could play a little more out of the back but de gea is not the problem with this team far from i've never heard anyone say anything about de gea but that's wild that they'd say that if dean henderson is he good enough or no if de gea is not good enough i don't know i don't you got tom heaton (laughs) You can use him. Goes into halftime, 1-0, Everton lead. Second half. United looked a lot better. Um, I thought the biggest chance that they had was probably the Rashford, like, whiffing on that dime over the top Mm. from Bruno. Yeah. It was a great run, a great pass. But I felt like that just kind of summed up United on the day. It was like a different facet of the game is what always escaped them from taking their chance. Mm -hmm. Um whether it be the pass or delivery just wasn't good enough, shot wasn't good enough, the dribbling wasn't good enough. One is one of those aspects just always let them down at the very end. Um, yeah, it seemed like a game they could have easily won. Yeah. Uh, I'd say Everton had a nice little stretch for about 10 to 15 minutes where they kind of got back into it. Um, they weren't just kind of pinned deep. Mm-hmm. Um, chance for Anthony Gordon was blocked this time, didn't go in. But uh, I don't know, that last like 15 to 20, probably closer to 15 for United. Um, a few shots, but they weren't amazing chances until that CR7 chance. Yep. 
Second minute of added time. Close range from Ronaldo. Big save from Pickford. I felt like Ronaldo just kind of ripped it, didn't really aim it. Yeah. Because if he's aiming it, you know, it might go wide or something, but that was smack dab, like, pretty much in the middle of the net. Yeah, for sure. And that's how it ends. 1-0, Everton pick up a massive three points. Was it deserved? Eh. It probably should have been a draw, but... Probably should have been a draw. Easily could have been a United win. But, again, disappointing from a United perspective. The midfield was just garbage. They brought on Pogba towards the end of the game, and yeah, he didn't look very good either. Uh, Matic, don't know why he plays. We had a Juan Mata sighting, so yeah. that was fun. Yeah, I can't believe he got in. Yeah, I couldn't either. I mean, it was just, hey, you got Fabian Delph in there. You might as well throw in Juan Matic. 2014. Yeah, and Matic. It's it's just a a classic United lose to a a terrible Everton team. Well, I said last pot, I picked United, but then once I knew that we were both picking 3-1, I was like, no, it's going to be closer than that. This Mm -hmm. United team is... Just so lackluster, has nothing to play for. Yeah. And once you know it, they couldn't even muster a goal against Everton for crying out loud. Right. Huge moment of controversy after the game. Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> slapping the phone out of a young fan's hands in frustration. I prefer to uh, not speak. Not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. The best part was he had this phony baloney oh i'm sorry and as a sign of good sportsmanship i'll invite you to the next united game and it's like he's an everton fan he yeah. doesn't want to go watch <laughs> united and uh apparently the the kid rejected it so that's pretty funny yeah as far as everton massive massive win it doesn't matter how it just matters you just <laughs> lost you to burnley and blew it and now you turn around and get a win against united i you can't just the unexpected from this club Everton, I tell you. See, that's why the good I, and the bad. I still had that feeling like that they weren't going to get relegated, despite the fact that they've looked awful and their schedule is pretty tough, one of the toughest in the league. I'm still, I'm still fifty fifty with them in Burnley. I know it's four points, but oh, Burnley! It, I, I can't, I can't trust Everton. I can't trust Burnley, to be quite frank. Speaking of teams. That you can't trust. Which Brighton. one is it? Arsenal or Brighton? Brighton. Into the lineups for Arsenal. Ramsdale, White, Gabriel, Suarez, Granit Xhaka at left back. Saka, Odegaard, Say Smith. Suarez? Cedric Suarez. It's Cedric Soros. <laughs> Cedric Soros. <laughs> it is Suarez. That's how you no, it's No, it's Soros. Just son of George Soros. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh... Saka, Odegaard, Smith Rowe, Albert, Albert Sambi, Lakanga. I'm more of a Albert kind of guy. Big Al. Didn't we talk about that? We, we were trying to come up with a nickname for him early in the year when he was playing. Yeah, he's he's got a long name. He needs to figure out which one it is. Martinelli, Lacazette, for Brighton, Sanchez, Cucurea, Dunk, Veltman, interesting back three. Yeah. Basuma, Trossard, and Wepu. Long time no see, Mr. Mwapu. Pascal Gross. Casado. Yeah. Long time no see, Mr. Casado. <laughs> uh, McAllister and Danny Welbeck. So, yeah, fresh change. Yeah. 
really two striker formation for uh, Brighton again. Yet, rather than Maupai, it's McAllister in there up top. Yeah, very much deserved that we don't have to watch Neil Maupai anymore. He's got awful. <laughs> I like to see switching things up, trying something new. After you just say Graham Potter's no longer <clears throat> your well, guy, yeah. and he just pulls the rug on you, says we're gonna win and we're gonna win against your team. Yeah, the ultimate disrespect. He says, and don't you forget, um, Arsenal really slow and just not aggressive early on. Yeah, and the passing again was just mm-hmm. not there. Brighton attack looking lively, uh, especially through Mwepu and Trossard early on, and then yeah. Trossard obviously gets. The great goal. I, I just not something you see at Arsenal's defense. They were completely pulled out. Yeah. And then that pass towards the top of the box. There's just no one on that level by Trussard. Right. I think it just goes to show the the complete lack of midfield, where there's just that huge amount of space in between mm-hmm. the defense and the midfield. And it, it seems like it's kind of thrown off the defense as well because they're kind of getting pulled into. Pull toward the ball, and you're sagging deeper yeah. towards your own goal. Yet that's allowing space, especially that. Like it's one thing to allow space edge of the box for a rip, which isn't great. Mm-hmm. But that's inside the box. That's yeah. That's that like twelve to fifteen yard range where Trossard was, and he's able to just pick it. Yeah, the decision to go with Jaka at left back, I did not like it at all. I honestly would have preferred a back three. Throw in holding, and then you have Saka and Martinelli as wing backs. You keep Jock in the midfield. El Nenny should be playing. Um, one of Smith Rowe or Odegaard doesn't start. Or yeah, maybe give Martin yeah. Odegaard a break. Um, but it it was like this lineup was destined to fail. The the single pivot of Lakanga. It was never going to work. Of course, he's going to get overrun in the midfield. There was no progression for Arsenal's attack at all. Yeah. Like, it was like a struggle to get past the halfway line. Arsenal had the ball in Brighton's box maybe one time in the first half. Yeah. Uh, Brighton had a nice job, I thought, too, of just tactical fouls to stop, like, any momentum mm-hmm. as well. I'd give credit to Brighton's defense in this one um, in midfield. As far as that goes. Uh, now, Arsenal, I, I just had a note here. They had to either go through Saka or Martinelli more to get it forward, I thought. They didn't do that enough. Yeah. Um, and then finally they get a goal off the corner, but ruled off VAR review Ugh. the lines, the cursed lines. The, the lines. Just an absolute farce of a VAR decision because initially – it was ruled a good goal. They go to it. They're looking at all these different camera angles because obviously Martinelli, Sanchez, and Cucurea are all in a line, so you can't tell where people are. Not to mention Cucurea is way shorter than Mr. Sanchez, and yeah. they're literally in line with each other, so you can't see where he's at. Right. All you can see is that Martinelli is in front of Sanchez's back leg, which doesn't mean he's onside because it's the second farthest back, which is Kukureo, who we we can't see at all where he is. Yeah. So they're toggling between camera angles, and it's like, 
there's no way you can definitively say, like, this is where a line is. And then all of a sudden, they just chuck up a line. It's there for two seconds, offside, no goal. What <laughs> what kind of refereeing decision is that? That's where you question the integrity of the referees because that is just a comical decision. It's rigged. There's no way that was clear and obvious. There's no way. It, I don't know how they couldn't. I don't get how they overturned it because you can't. You just simply can't tell for sure. Yeah. And that's how it has to be to overturn something. But Yeah, absolutely. They they specifically went in there wanting to rule out the goal. Strange. Very strange. Second yeah. half, Arsenal come out to D-Generation X music playing. Absolute class. Um, attack looked a little better this half. Um, but the unfortunate thing is Brighton, I wouldn't say he's sitting back and absorbing it, but they weren't really pushing it and then they push it one time get a <clears throat> chance and they take it yeah and Mwepu some flicks and tricks leads to a blast from Mwepu just a beautiful finish yeah he was playing great on the day and yeah like you were saying Arsenal were playing better they moved Granit Xhaka into the midfield that mm-hmm. helped a lot and uh, Martinelli kind of was playing as a left back but pretty much just playing as a winger at that point Arsenal, majority after that, majority of the time after that, I should say, pouring it on an attack. Very unfortunate um, not to take more chances, mm-hmm. given how things played out. Yeah, and it was frustrating, too. They really started to ramp up the pressure about the 87th or so minute. When Odegaard got a free kick, hit it off the post, and then shortly after scored, it's like... Was it... Who got the rebound and hit it off the post again? Was that Enketia? Yeah. Or someone else? Albert? I think it was Enketia. Was it double off the post? Either way, after that point, Odegaard looked like he was fired up and really trying to score. It's like, man, where was that the whole game? Pops a shot, big deflection, goes in, pulls Mm -hmm. it back 2-1. Sanchez with a massive save on Eddie and Ketia to keep all three points for Brighton. Ugh. Finishes 2-1. It's because you betrayed Graham Potter. You should have waited a week, <laughs> yeah, and I then should've. you betrayed him. <laughs> I now he schedule. betrayed you. Oh, no. Brighton break their schneid that they had going. Looked rough, couldn't finish. Now they play Sam's team, and of course... They score goals. The slump busters, Arsenal. Oh, man, Arsenal. The team who scores like once out of their past 10 games. You were calling it for a little while. I had more faith than you in Arsenal. I knew where it was going, (laughs) especially once I saw that lineup. I meant um, just in general, like the trend right now with the Champions League. Slipping a bit. Still in it, obviously. You know, It's it's tough, It takes us one result. The way Tottenham are playing, it's very tough. Yeah. But uh, where where's Mwepu been? He looked good against Liverpool. He looks good against Arsenal. <clears throat> yeah. He's just a big game player. Maybe. Mwepu. Yeah, he was running the show out there. He was killing it. And I was like, oh, breath of fresh air for Brighton. You have someone who actually is like dynamic and not just like makes safe passes all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely something to change it up. Mm-hmm. Um. As far as Arsenal, yeah, I think you're going to see more 
lineup rotations out of Mr. Arteta to figure this out. And I think I think even though he scored, you might have to drop Odegaard, hurts me to say, just for a game or two, see how it is without him. One of Smithrow and Odegaard has to be dropped in this mm-hmm. system. It's just, it's just, ha- it has to be. And the thing is, the thing that was most concerning about this game was when you look at the lineup before the game, you're like, "This is going to be bad," and it was bad. And the fact that Arteta can't see that when like everyone else is like, "Okay, this is terrible," is concerning. Yeah, he's done a good job so far, but he's got to really figure it out to hold on to yeah that's either champions league football or if he doesn't figure it out you're looking at europa league yeah it's a true test when things start going bad how do you fix them yes it's a lot harder than when you're winning to you know it's not keep it's winning. not cupcakes and juice boxes out here mr mikel arteta you gotta figure this out you know yeah speaking of cupcakes and juice boxes playing southampton at times can definitely be cupcakes and juice boxes and chelsea found this out the hard way <laughs> uh fraser forrester kyle walker peters mr levermento salisu bednarak romeo ward prouse armstrong el nuesi other mr armstrong che adams for chelsea we have mendy rudiger christensen silva alonzo conte kovacic ruben loftus cheek timo Werner, mason mount kai havertz all Chelsea from the get-go. All There's game. not much to say. Um, I thought just in general, Southampton allowing a lot of space in between their own, just in terms of their formation. There, There's yeah. so much space. Yeah, like shockingly. Just massive gaps it, in between defenders. Like Chelsea wouldn't even make a good run. But there'd just be like so no much space. Defense. There's so much space that you could play any ball, and Chelsea yeah. has the pace to get on it, so it didn't really matter. Um, but yeah, Chelsea just able to be through consistently, winning the ball in midfield fairly, very fairly easily. Yes. Combine the words into one, um, and just you know, like I said, honestly, I thought they were passing well. But even if they weren't, it still, if they just played it into space, it was there to be played into space. Yeah. Werner unluckiness continues. You've always been on the train that Timo Werner's just an unlucky guy. I, I think so, yeah. Hitting the post twice inside like five minutes. He, just a rip, and then that header Yeah. was, wow. The header was, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> just a banger right off the crossbar. Listen here, Timo Werner is a man of charity. He... He saw this one coming. He said, uh-oh, Southampton's <laughs> annual 9-0 drubbing is coming, but I'm going to stop that from happening. I'm going to hit the post twice within the first six minutes of the game. Yeah, and if there's one thing to take away, I guess, from just watching the game, it was the two best players for Chelsea were Mount and Loftus-Cheek, I thought. Um, I thought they were both playing fantastic out there in terms of uh, winning the ball, picking passes, facilitating everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the official goals even on this one? I, I didn't even keep track of them. Eighth minute, Mason Mount. The nice little flick over that to Alonso. Nice finish from that one. And then 16th minute, Mount hits kind of the half volley outside the box. Nice cut back. 
Nice mm-hmm. finish. Um, 18th minute, big save on Timo Werner. Yeah, Forrester actually prevented this game from being 10-0. He literally yeah. prevented it from being that bad. Man, someone help that guy out because he was bailing Southampton <laughs> out as much as possible. And every time he was just looking to the defense like, are you kidding me? What is this? Why this is not called defense. Uh, 21st minute, Chelsea add a third. Timo Werner, third time's a charm. Fourth time's a charm, really. Um, Even Havertz got in on the act. Yeah, the the third goal, I just wanted to know, very poor head back from James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, that whole, it was a really nice dribble and slot by um, um, Mr. Werner. Yes. And then, like you said, 31st minute, Kai Havertz, after Timo Werner completed the hat trick of hitting the post. Yeah. Um, Havertz taps in on an empty net. Salisu, no clue what he was doing on this This one. was by far his worst game of the year, bar none. He's been pretty solid this year, and that was just, I don't know what was going on. Him and Bednarak were both asleep he, at the wheel. He decided, oh, we're down 3-0 within 20 minutes. Let's I'm make it four. I'm going to try and dribble out of my own <laughs> box. Um, And Forrester comes up big. Before halftime, a nice pair of saves just prevented from being 6-0 at halftime. Yeah. Oh, but they get there. Werner had one 49th minute. Mount, who Christian Pulisic stonewalled. Couldn't score, but Mount with the tap in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this, I mean, the second half was literally just more of the same. I thought, you know, the Werner tap in was kind of funny because if N'Golo Conte could have got a chip like how often does N'Golo Conte (laughs) running on net and then one-on-one going for a chip you know it's bad when you're getting chipped by Conte Mm -hmm. and I don't know it didn't feel like Chelsea was moving all that faster than Southampton or anything it was just Southampton was like in the worst possible spots yeah it was like Chelsea plays one pass and then there's like two guys back for Southampton and they're like super far apart from each other and Someone could just just run through the middle. No one could touch Chelsea in the midfield. Everyone on Southampton should be ashamed of themselves. Yes. So, in a way, yeah, the defense was really bad, but it was. I would say it was set up by the midfield hanging them out to dry. Yeah. So, 6-0. 6-0. Southampton, I would expand on it, but you're good for one of these years, so there's not much to say. Chelsea. Good response. I guess you're back. Yeah. Whatever. You know, that does for you. Um, Apparently doesn't get you any wins in the Champions League. Oh, God. Unfortunately. You can only win it once every 10 years, I guess, if you're Chelsea, which I guess you take that. Yeah. Moving on to the next match, Watford versus Leeds. My guy, Jesse Marsh. This, game, the helm. this game really sucked. I did not enjoy watching <laughs> this game. Yeah, it was pretty sloppy. <clears throat> lineups. lineups. Watford, Ben Foster, Kamara, Feminia, Samir, Cabasele, Luja, Sizoko, Kuchka, Jao Pedra, Saar, and Cucho Hernandez. For Leeds, Melier, Luke Aileen, Cooper, Llorente, Stuart Dallas, Robin Koch, Rafinha, Rodrigo, Harrison, Click, and Dan James up front. Yeah, no, no, it was a little back and forth, like, very early on. Uh, Watford's best chance, obviously, was that lose a free kick. 
Um, yeah, that was close. Just skimmed, I think, top. No, his side. Went to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I. Watford's attack right now is really just. There's no plan. Yeah. There's no plan like at all. Yeah. They and these guys just look broken. These guys are supposed to be good. I mean, no Dennis in this one, but like Sar. Where where is he at? Cucho is kind of just a guy where he'll make a play out of nothing, so you don't expect mm-hmm. a ton out of him, but yeah. he can do something out of nowhere once in a while. Just overall very sloppy from both sides even. Yeah. It, it was like one side would give away the ball and then the other side would give away the ball. Yeah, Leeds were pretty lucky to be playing Watford this game because I feel <clears> like if they're playing anyone else, they yeah, it might have been tough to get. Certain teams they probably could have easily drew with, but mm-hmm. they could have easily been caught out this game, I thought. Yeah, definitely a game that suited Leeds. You have Watford, who's not going to really take advantage of your poor mistakes, and then you have opportunities to kind of hit fast against Watford. Yeah, Rafinha does that scoring. Watford's defense, their shape on that was just so bad. It's just so bad. They that's their thing this year. Is like if their defense is poor, it's all because they're like super pushed to one side of the field. I feel like, mm-hmm. and then they just leave the whole wide open. They're almost like Man City, shitty shitty city. We call them <laughs> Watford. <laughs> they just leave the whole one side of the field open. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, not to help any uh, Samir with the bad giveaway. Mm-hmm. That kind of rounds out the first half. There's just some more of that sloppy possession from both sides. Yeah. Goes into halftime, 1-0. Coming out of the halftime, 60th minute, great chance for Saar on the break, but he gets the finish completely wrong. Yeah, it was really kind of open for both sides to take advantage of, and they neither team really did it early on. And Yeah, Saar with the chance, but skied it. That was, mm-hmm. that was brutal. You have to take advantage of that. Yeah, Watford looked a little better in the second half. Perhaps maybe what we're talking about with Leeds, how they kind of have a drop-off at times. Yeah. Can't keep the energy levels up. But You say that, but then Leeds pour it on, and I have a note that says Leeds need to capitalize. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. they got to grow their lead, otherwise you're going to blow it like you did against Norwich, which, I mean, yeah, you won, but Mm -hmm. you still blew it. Always nice when you can bring on Calvin Phillips. Yeah, get him some game time. Get him semi-healthy before the end of the year. Yeah. Comes in, forces Foster into a save, and then leads double the lead in the 73rd minute. Massive mistake out of Samir and Kamara as they are just... I don't even know what they were doing. They were just no. being idiots. <laughs> they decided to give the ball away. They're like, nice Rodrigo, dribble. here you go. Nice dribble from Rodrigo. Yes, very nice. And then at that point, the game was pretty much over, but Leeds cap mm-hmm. it off with the third just for the vindication of Jack Harrison scoring, making me feel good about myself. Some more terrible defending out of Watford. Just poor all the way around from Watford this game. This was. Yeah. This had to be the most demoralizing kind of game this is pretty much like the norwich game 2.0 yeah for sure i mean that i don't know where you go from there you're 
I think, six back with seven to go. It's not looking good. It's about it's a, it's almost about done for you. You're gonna have to win one of your next two games. I don't know who you play, but you're gonna have to win. Especially playing like that. Leeds, their emergence continues at the end of the year. Got good play. Get your good players back, healthy. Don't bring them back too soon, Pat Bamford style. You got a manager that you know you can continue with in the next season. He's got drip. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty win, but they got the job done, and they they won three nil. So it was pretty with those pretty lavender kits that they rock. Yes, very nice. So, anyways, big three points for Leeds help secure their spot in the league potentially. It's looking pretty good at this point. Moving in to the next match, Aston Villa versus Tottenham. Big match here for Tottenham. Your second favorite team. You take that back. I'm talking about Villa. Oh, good. Uh, to the lineups, Martinez, Cash, Consa, Mings, Digne, Luis, McGinn, Coutinho, Ramsey, Watkins, Ings for Tottenham. <laughs> Luis, Romero, Dyer, Davies, Doherty, Hoiberg, Royale, Betancourt, Son, Kane, Kulishevsky. You know, this game really kind of sums up Tottenham in a sense in terms especially this was like an early season early season Tottenham game is what this was mm-hmm. where it's just like they create chances really out of nothing yep. and then they get a few a game and then they just like take it and you're like oh okay yeah very right, efficient right yeah right off the bat goal out of nowhere poor clearance block falls to Sun who just rips it is out of absolutely nothing yeah, very much like the game against Wolves for Villa. They go down early, yeah. dig themselves a hole. Yeah, I know, people criticizing Stevie G. I I don't know. Is that really Stevie G's fault? Their but, defense is But then game. again, it's like, you know, these guys have to come out awake and with a yeah. brain. So, <laughs> I mean, part of it has to be on the manager, but at the same time, like, Stevie G can't go and play. Yeah, players do bear a lot of responsibility. So... I just thought that that was silly. But um, poor giveaway. Not a good enough block. And once you know it, the ball pings right to Sun for a goal. And then Aston Villa, they get it going. Mm-hmm. Especially in wide space, going right at Poop, Emerson, Royale, especially. Um, Watkins and Ings. That, I don't know what to say about those two this game. Ings with the fan on like that volley, perfect pass from Coutinho. Yeah, Watkins had a chance as well. It was not good. Ings had an even. I think Ings had two really good chances towards the end of the first half. Yeah, Jacob Ramsey had a nice chance in the 16th minute as he ran through the box. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then shortly after, John McGinn had a nice long range swerving shot saved by Lurie's. Yeah, yeah, bunch of chances for Villa throughout. Um, yeah, Ings, <laughs> that 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 set piece they worked it so perfectly. Yeah, and he just whiffed on it. He, but that second one Ings had two was another volley, and mm-hmm. he just completely got it wrong. Side netting, I was like, what the heck? Yeah, maybe lack of confidence. Or maybe just, um, quality. I'm not sure. 
We'll go with confidence. We like Danny Ings on this podcast. Yeah. But Villa, I mean, they looked pretty good after the, the goal, but they just Tottenham, couldn't, couldn't get the... Tottenham had one chance, and it was pretty much the yeah. one random Regulon shot along yeah. with the Sun goal. So, And then Coutinho had a close free kick before the end of half mm-hmm. as well. That almost swerved in. Was it from... Well, was it a corner or a free kick? I think it was a corner. Okay. Regardless, it almost went in. A set piece. Yeah. Almost might w- say. Almost went in. Big save, Lurie's. And I saw people were talking about Tottenham's defense looking all right this game, and I was like, no, you can't get bailed out by Lurie's and tell me your defense was By Lurie's and Villa's poor finishing. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't look good. It it was just Villa were struggling to finish, and they were helped by the fact that Tottenham was helped by the fact that they scored in the third minute. Yeah. Second half starts like the first Tottenham goal out of nowhere. I know we sound like haters, Tottenham, but, but when we are. <laughs> but when you just come out of nowhere and you you play this fraudulent style of football, yeah, this is how you lose to Southampton 3-2 at home. Uh, but anyways, back to the game. Kuliszewski, he gets back. He he's starting to fade. He's like a crescendo kind of guy where it's like he gets hot, he's ramping up, and then out of nowhere he falls off for like two games. And then you're like, oh, is he going to get cold? And then he ramps it back up again for a few games, starts playing well. Well, it does help when you have the Aston Villa defense that were garbage in this game. And I think that's an understatement to say that Conte and Mings. I forget if it was... The sun goal, the third one, I forget which one it was, but there was one where the space between Kant and Mings was so wide, it it was literally like half the field. Yeah. Just, they looked awful. Their their defense was terrible. Uh, Your guy Danny Ings had a shot that was like a curler from outside the box. That was somehow closer to scoring than <laughs> the other two that were like almost happens. Yeah, he's just a man who scores difficult, difficult goals, or Unfor- almost goal- yeah. scores them. Unfortunately, he didn't score this, but you know who did score? Mister Sun, long ball, Kane, uh, little flicked header onto Sun. Yeah, that was a really nice little flick on from Kane to get him in behind. I mean. Tottenham, it was too easy. Just the long ball up, flick on, and you're through on space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the fourth one from Kulashevsky, out wide, nice little dribble move, cuts it back on the pass. Sun slots it post and in for the hat trick for the 4 0. Tottenham are streaking. Oh, They're in just fuego. Was, it was so weird. You sit there and you're like, that's four why. Nil. That's why expected goals, you throw it out the fucking window. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Villa, sure, they look the better side. Guess what? They got smashed. Yeah, the defense was terrible. Yeah. And normally we talked about a Villa, if they're bad, it's it's all around. This time their chance creation was good. It's just their finishing was poor. Mm -hmm. And their defense, obviously, well, that was really bad i I thought their midfield was okay too but once they got past the midfield yeah it it was done so anything to say about tottenham 
I mean, Kane and Son, we called them yeah. out in February. Yeah. They weren't doing anything. And now, yeah, they're absolutely in fuego. Yeah, I think partially them and partially having Kuliszewski to help as well. Yeah, he's been a revelation for them at times this year. It just the make, attack and the defense. It, it makes you wonder, like, is this really sustainable to play this way and get top four like this? It it doesn't you, feel like it. You wonder, but here's Liverpool pushing for the title, and they've yeah. had not great performances but great results throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing about Tottenham, too, getting any sort of competent play out of your fullbacks, well, I guess in this case wingbacks, I mean, Doherty, and I guess Regulon at times, you know, can do okay, but mainly Doherty has been playing so much better lately. Yeah. Compared to what you were getting out of, like, Royale and even Regulon at times earlier. Yeah, that's been big having Doherty. Now he's going to be out for a little while. He got injured in that match. So we'll see how they cope with him out. Cope with him out. But it, it almost feels like. The, the race for the top four is really a war of attrition at this point. Yeah. Because you have teams that are fighting so hard, and it's like, man, this is tough because whoever gets it, they got to be just getting points as as many as they can. It doesn't matter how, just as many as they can. Yeah, you just got to get the results more than the performance. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, Tottenham into fourth place officially, three points out of Arsenal. Yeah, is there a game? They have a game coming up, don't they? Yeah, uh, in a few weeks. It's not until second to last game of the season or last game of the season. Yeah, they rescheduled it. Big one. Yeah. Speaking of big one, this was a big one for West Ham, and they decided, no, this is not a big one for us. They played Brentford. Brentford, the Brentford is Community hot. Stadium. We sold, we sold too <laughs> soon. Brentford's mooning. It's a it's a little dog coin out here, and it's mooning. Doji. No, but there's a bunch of different dog coins. It's cat coin. There's doggy, cat coin. Doggy coins. The doggy coin. Heckin' good doggo <laughs> is what Brentford is lately. They're heckin' good bees. Uh, tell the lineups. David Raya, Ayer, Henry, Pinnock, Zanka. Norgard, Erickson, Janelt, Johan Wiesa getting in there, Ivan Tony, and Brian and Bumo. The three, three, four. And by three, three, four, I mean the four, three, three. Because yes. you were scrolling up and it <laughs> fried my brain. The four, three, three, not what you're used to seeing Mm-mm. out of Brentford. Especially with how their fullbacks get up. You know, they like to yeah. lately been overloading the midfield, kind of some variations of a four five one. It could be a four two three one or four three two one, you know, but Yeah, I was a little worried without uh Pontius Jansen at the back because he's been playing he played every game so far. Yeah. Wondering how the defense would cope with it. But Yeah, but they've been playing pretty well. They have been. As for West Ham. Mr. Fabianski, Cresswell, Zuma, Shufal, Dawson, Fornals, Lanzini, Bowen, Sushek, Rice, and Antonio. 
Sorry, did you get uh, Kurt the Cat Kicker Zuma? I thought I did, but if I didn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you he's did. Irrelevant. You did. I just wanted to emphasize the fact that he kicks cats. He is a cat kicker, and he gets away with it. <clears throat> yeah. uh, Brentford taking it to West Ham early on. West Ham just looking on the back foot and uncomfortable for a lot of the first half. They weren't ready for the Brentford resurgence. <laughs> resurgence. No one was. They sold Brentford too early too. <laughs> uh oh. Um, bunch of half chances in the first half, but I guess Brentford had the better ones. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, nothing too clear. Yeah. Uh, but it did kind of feel like a game Brentford wanted, and West Ham not so much. Yeah, you could tell Brentford, they were up for the match. Yeah. West Ham was kind of sleepwalking through it. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that at West Ham, especially when every game's a must win. Yeah. Um, Second half, goal for Brentford, a throw in into Ivan Tony. First time pass to a cutting Embuemo, leaves Cresswell toasted the slot from Embuemo, heating up. If the Brentford attack is going, it feels like Embuemo is going. Yep, that's for sure. And, uh, of course, off the throw-in, we were calling that earlier. For a while, yeah. They got to get more into their regular... They got to feed into their identity, you know? Yeah, that's... For a while, they just got away from that, and they're just lost at sea. That's a core competency, as you would say, in the business world. I'll tell you what. You know what's in the business world is big sweeping saves. I don't think that's a thing, but I'll tell you what. Fabianski is out here making big sweeping saves to jack a goal from Wisa. Wisa. Almost had one. It was too early in the game for Wisa to score. True. But then a second goal from West Ham as a result of being terrible. Antonio has lanes to pass. Doesn't. Loses out. No one in midfield to stop Rico Henry sprinting immediately down the field. And then the marking is poor as no one covers Embuemo. And then Jop leaves to go for Embuemo and leaves Ivan Tony wide open. Ivan Tony scores a goal. Yeah, How about that? That combo, Embuemo to Tony. You love to see it. Christian Eriksen tried to get in on the Shoss effort. Yeah. Um, Respect. It was a, yeah, it was definitely an unorthodox Shoss. <laughs> Wasn't your typical out wide and you're <laughs> swinging in and it somehow goes like back post or something? Shoss is coming it all was, shapes and sizes. Yeah, it was right at the keeper. Um, Boimo has a chance to grab a third, but doesn't. Uh, and there's that big crash. Ivan Tony running right into Fabianski. I thought someone was going to get hurt in that. Yeah, you got to watch out for that. Fabianski, you know, he usually gets hurt for. A chunk of the season, you know, could have been this. Could have. Um, best chance for West Ham all game came late on. Ben Rama skimming the top of the net, and that's about all you need to know from West Ham. Yeah, two nil Brentford. Huge Here lies West Ham's Champions League hopes and dreams. Yeah, done for and sure. dusted. For um, sure. Brentford, if they have any semblance of an attack. I like them when they lose the plot and just start doing randomness that results in nothing like uh, they did earlier in the year. That was terrible. 
But do you think, because we talked about it, we're like, is Brentford just going to be the new Sheffield where they had a really good run and then it fell off? But are you not necessarily buying stock, so to say, but are you gaining a little more faith and trust in Brentford? Yeah, I think so. I think when they can get the front two connected with the midfield, they look so much better. When those two guys are just out on an island, Mm -hmm. they are a relegation team for sure. I think this comes down a lot to just Erickson and if they have him in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I just because he provides some sort of presence in midfield that can connect mm-hmm. the defense to uh, midfield to attack and attack to midfield to defense. It, he just connects yeah. everything. Yeah. And I was thinking there's no way they keep him. He's got to be going to a better team. Who knows? You think. Who knows? I feel like he'll be going to you know, a higher caliber team, whether that be in I think man you could use an Japan attacker. Something. All right, that's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> they need they need Christian Erickson. Um West Ham West Ham, what can you say? I mean you've made it this far with makeshift defense for most of the year and I don't know. The depth just wasn't there. We questioned it to start the year. Yeah. And it it's just kind of showed it said, might as well go for the Europa League now, you know. <clears throat> Absolutely. Finish seventh in the Premier League. Who cares? Yeah, lost Zuma in this one too. Yeah, now you got went down. I know you were cheering. Yep. Unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Poor guy. He's a poor guy. On Moving to on. The next match: Leicester versus Crystal Palace. If the webpage will ever load. Here it is, the lineups. For Lester, Schmeichel, Justin, Sirianchu, Amarte, Luke Thomas, Telemans, Madison, Mendy, Dewsbury Hall. Dewsbury Hall? Dewsbury Hall. Dewsbury Hall? Dewsbury Hall. (laughs) (laughs) When I say Dewsbury, you say Hall. Dewsbury Hall. (laughs) (laughs) And Pat Sindaka up front. For Crystal Palace, Guaita, Klein, Mitchell, Gehi, Anderson, Kuyate, Ayu, Zaha, Schlop, Gallagher, and Mateta. Yeah. I had a feeling about this one. I I had a feeling too. Um, we talked about that last time, but I don't know. I I think that Palace didn't really have it that much of a drop off. I thought they played fine. Uh, I thought Leicester looked really well in this game, uh, springing yeah. into attack early. Um, as you know, I'd say after like 10, 15 minutes, Palace kind of established themselves more. I would say took the edges, the better side, um, by the end of 20, 25 minutes. Big save by Schmeichel on Mateta. Um, and then on the free Anderson header as well. So I was really impressed with Dewsbury Hall in the first half. Oh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, yeah, I, I thought that. Even though they gave up those two chances from there on out, I thought Leicester's defense looked pretty decent, um, especially their midfield defensive um, aspects as well, including Dewsbury Hall, who not only defensive in this game and attack, he was looking fantastic in terms of yeah. passing and stuff. <clears throat> Very uh, dynamic. Yes. Leicester get their goal, turning defense into attack. Dewsbury Hall fed from Tielemans, who won it off a giveaway. Dewsbury Hall through ball to Lookman. Nice ta- nice first finish right there. 
Yeah, that Looks was a good. beautiful ball up from Dewsbury Hall. Nice finish. Great run. Um, another sloppy giveaway by Palace leads to a tremendous goal through Mr. Dewsbury Hall. He makes it all happen himself. First goal is of his Leicester career, and it was a uh, beautiful one. It was a that. collector's item. Mm-hmm. Let's put it like that. <clears throat> yeah, so f- first half 2-0. I still thought, you know, Palace looked all right. Not as good good as they had been so there was a bit of a drop-off i think that is still fair to say that your prediction was correct but they weren't they weren't bad to say the least normally when palace has a drop-off of some sort it's just like eh it's like you can tell it's not going yeah i think it was more more so lester were playing pretty good yeah they were above their regular threshold play and this you know what good for lester get dewsbury hall get lookman get these younger guys or well, even if they're more depth pieces, get them looks, see who you can use next year, who you can elevate, stuff like that, who you can rely on. Yeah, and, and we should say both teams kind of looking ahead in mm-hmm. the fixtures. Palace have the FA Cup match against Chelsea coming up, and then Leicester with the important match against PSV Eindhoven mm-hmm. in the Europa League. Europa Conference Europa League. Conference League. Please, please get it right. Put some We're respect. to be accurate. But as you know, Leicester, at this point, they go through. They go through, and who they play? Jose Mourinho and Roma. Yes. Jose, the return to England. Uh, second half of this game, Tielemans, nice chance, can't score, and then immediately gives away a pen. <laughs> Hank's over here crinkling, crinkling some Velcro. Yeah, that's what I like to do. Uh Rough sequence by Mr. Tielemans. Yeah, Tielemans had a really poor game, I thought. I yeah. thought he was like the, kind of the one player for Leicester it, that had a bad game. It kind of feels like he might just be on his way out. Yeah, and it's it was weird because Leicester were playing really, really good. But then then it'd just be like Tielemans. I don't know if he was like trying too hard or not trying hard enough. Yeah. But it wasn't looking good. And... It's weird because a lot of people have been like, oh, Tielemans, he's so good. He's going to go to a big club in the summer. But Yeah, I don't know. Ugh, not not playing like that. No, I'd agree. He's kind of falling into the James Madison school of... Overhyped. Uh, yeah, not, it just resting on your laurels and uh, believing in your potential too much. How about this sequence in this game? The Wilf Pen... Saved, retaken, saved again, and then scored the third time. Yeah, that was like the most crap pen I loved it. Ever. It might be a top five moment for me on the season. Oh, you, you feel bad for Schmeichel, though, saving that, two pens. And that then they was still, so funny. Still concede. Ugh, unlucky. Um, Honestly, after that, it kind of felt very neutral. Uh, it didn't feel like one side really looked better. Until the last 10 minutes, obviously Leicester's willing to just sit back and Palace kind of threw it forward. Um, but even then, Palace didn't have great chances. Yeah, it seemed like Palace, they kind of had a little wave of momentum. And after they couldn't score off of that, it was kind of like, well, yeah, okay, Leicester, pretty comfortable now. Yeah. Finishes 2-1. Good win for Leicester. Palace, I wouldn't say disappointing loss. It's just kind of one of those, you know, it's going to happen. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 
a little disappointing in the sense if you wanted to string a few wins together, kind of build something up going into next year. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. I would say that uh, if there's one aspect of Palace that I wasn't super impressed with the, with this game is the midfield. Yeah, for sure. Midfield wasn't doing much for me. Yeah, you could tell there was a bit of a drop-off due to the rotation in there. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like the defense played all that bad. And I thought the attack had chances, um, even though Leicester's yeah. playing while they're still, you know, putting pressure on. So Yeah. Yeah, and uh, one final point for Leicester. Good to get the three points and uh, also with a little rotation in there as well. Getting Lookman in there. And, Absolutely. And Danka, so good performance from Leicester. <clears throat> Moving on to the next match. The scrap. Are they alive? At the bottom. They're alive. The dead teams. Norwich is, they've seen the light yet. They can't head towards the <laughs> it's light. It's too late. <laughs> One last dying whimper <laughs> as they go quietly One into the One last night. pooky crap end of game goal that doesn't matter. Yeah. Into the lineups for Norwich. Cruel. Byram, Gibson, Hanley, Yanulis, Girondal, Norman, Rashitsa, Liz Malou, Kenny McLean, Timo Puki. For Burnley, Nick Pope, Lowton, Taylor, Tarkovsky, Collins, Brownhill, Lennon, Westwood, Cornet, Veghorst, and Jay Rodriguez. Jay Rod. Jay Rod. Norwich holding the ball and making Burnley clear it. That's a note I have. That's that's kind of what that the first <laughs> that's that's kind of what the first like five minutes was, um, yeah, it wasn't all that spectacular really until they got the goal, which wasn't that much later. Um, Norwich get the goal after Burnley, we're kind of starting to get in the game a bit. Um, poor marking and slow closeout to the edge of the box, just a slotted goal. Yeah, really disappointing to concede off the corner. Burnley, this is supposed to be kind of your strength. Yeah. Set piece defense. Yet here we are. Yet here we are. Ripping. Lee's Malou, just acres of space. Yeah. At the top of the box. Nice finish from him. Gets Mm -hmm. his first goal in a Norwich uniform. Then 17th minute, Pope makes a nice save on Timo Puki. Puki played pretty good this game. Yeah, no, he he was For whatever reason. Yeah, he was was around. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Burnley put on some pressure to round out the first half, but nothing really in terms of good chance creation. Yeah, they they were creating some chances off corners and free kicks, um, but uh, I, I they just weren't really able to take amazing uh, advantage of it to say the least. Yeah, yeah, they had they had the the opportunities where you want Burnley to be in where they're getting corners and free kicks. But it's just disappointing. Like, yeah. this is where you got to excel if you're going to stay in the league. Yeah, you know, I as disappointing as it was for Burnley, this game showed me a little more about Norwich and what they have kind of pent up in them. Able yeah. to create chances through open play. Mm-hmm. And their defense, we've seen it, I've mentioned it the last couple of weeks, their ability to block is... Yeah. Pretty impressive. They're in the right position on defense at times. Yeah, the fact that they scored that early goal and allowed them just to sit back at times 
without having to worry too much. Mm-hmm. That seemed like a pretty comfortable spot for them. They got a lot of guys behind the ball. Yeah. Um, second half. I have a note. No one doing anything. <laughs> there was there was a moment of time where no one was doing much. I think really until what twenty minutes in, fifteen minutes in, that Cornet chance at the back post. Oh, there wasn't really much that happened, but that was a massive, massive chance. Golden chance. Is it? I mean, it was there for him to get, but it was also tough. He was crashing in there. It was tough, but you, you got to score it. that. You got to at least put on net too. Can't side net that one. I mean, if that's if, if that's it's someone net, else, it's... if that's if that's Matty Vidra, yeah. He can miss that, but Cornet, you got to score that. Yeah. Uh, J-Rod had a header chance, went a little high. Um, after that, I, I feel like it was just a strip all Norwich. Mm-hmm. Um, Hanley with a chance off the shots from Pookie. Couldn't do much with it. Hit the but, crossbar. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Grant Hanley could, hitting the crossbar, that's a rare bird. You know. Pookie seal in the game though he does a lot with it when he gets the ball nice little finish yeah how about the the sauce from Norman yeah the no look pass up look at this guy he's got so much swagger playing for Norwich playing no look passes Norman and Lise Malou if there are ever two guys on Norwich that were my guys <laughs> they showed up this game one out of 38 yeah but finishes 2-0 massive result for Norwich I guess Burnley, massive result in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You needed this one very bad. Everton just won. Hello. Yeah, must win. And you drop a 2-0 loss to Norwich of all teams. The ultimate gimme. It's this, never a gimme. This is the year. They go down, unfortunately. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that in mind now that you say that. And as we move from the bottom... We climb our way all the way up to the tippy top. You know what they One say. One versus two. The cream of the crop rises to the top. City, Liverpool, the other lineups. Aderson, Walker, Stones, Laporte, Cancelo, Gabby, Jesus, Rodrigo, De Bruyne, Silva, Foden, Sterling. When they put that um, graphic up before the game, that was like how bad Gabby, Jesus has been at scoring. Yeah. You knew he was going to score. Uh, Liverpool, we have Alisson, Van Dyke, Robertson, Matip, Arnold. Not Alexander Arnold. Arnold. Only hey, Arnold. Arnold. Uh, Fabinho, Thiago, Hendo, Mane, Salah, Jota. This, I feel like this is Liverpool's best 11. They kept, they, I mean, Klopp's yeah. been rotating a lot. Yeah, I think throughout so. the season stuff, and he's like, "All right, I got to throw my best eleven out there," and I feel I agreed with him. I'll give him that. City, early, they're playing fast. They're starting with massive chances. Um, the De Bruyne deflection for a goal, so they took advantage of it. They got their one early. Yeah, and they had a chance even before that. Uh, Sterling, yeah, that forcing was, Allison into a big save. What can you do when you're a tapping merchant? And you're given a non-tap-in. Yeah. Should swap Sterling for Danny Ings. <laughs> swap him right now. Uh, yeah, and like you say, De Bruyne setting the tempo with that fifth-minute goal off the post and in. 
you just know at that point this was going to be full throttle action. Liverpool respond with some possession, turn it into a goal through Jota. Mr. Alexander-Arnold cuts one back for him. Jota rips it. Yeah, at this point, 13 minutes in, we're already 1-1. This game is nuts. Actually living up to the hype for once. Yes. Seems like the big games always are kind of a let off, but this this one lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Um, City kind of holding the ball a bit. The Adairson almost own goal dribbling <laughs> on the goal line. Wild. I'm a little nervous. Um, chance off a free kick, but the headed pass for City uh, is too far for Stones off a set piece. Felt like it would have been an easy goal if that pass was not too far. And it kind of this is just kind of setting it up for City how it felt the whole game. It felt like it could have easily been if they were on their uh, game. It felt like it could have been six to two. Yeah, for sure. I mean the 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 defenses for both sides were not looking the best. They sus. were looking a a bit sus, sus for real for real. Yes, no cap. It, it looked like on any given attack, the team could score. Um, and mostly from City in that first half. Yeah, Liverpool's high line was really risky, allowing City in behind. Um, and then the man, he scored. Gabby Jesus, what a ball from Cancelo. Yeah. Literally perfection. Yeah, and uh, some really poor marking from Trent Alexander-Arnold on this just one. just switched off. Yeah, the Liverpool's defense just in general is not good and we've been saying that for a while but uh the fullbacks especially really caught out this game sterling with another chance in behind couldn't control it uh it was there's so many chances just like getting in behind yeah the first the first half recap simply put liverpool's fullbacks just poor city's attackers so clever with the passing and the runs but yet liverpool air they're just in the game. They're yeah. in the game. Yeah. They're never out. Because City were having kind of the fullback issue on their own end. Second half, Liverpool, early goal, right away to start, Mr. Manny. Yeah, getting in behind. Crazy, crazy game. <laughs> Man City just, I don't know. It's so strange because they're playing so much faster and able to get in behind, yet then there's the momentary lapse of concentration in Liverpool or in taking their chance. Make it 2-2. Um, Adairson, uh, there's a stretch then after that Mane goal, really the start of the first or uh, second half. Liverpool really taking it to City. Uh, they mm-hmm. looked the better side. Big save by Adairson on Jota. Um, and City even had like some chances, but some last ditch defense kind of you know held it intact held the tie intact yeah there were times when the liverpool press was really catching out city and then there were other times where city were just bypassing everything and and then they'd be in behind but there was there was always kind of that fear that liverpool could hit back themselves catching kyle walker out of position yeah, even sometimes it was almost like a rotation of who's caught out for City because sometimes it was the center backs and then Walker got over to recover, but then yeah. sometimes Cancelo's caught out and then the center back got over to recover. Very strange. Um, Liverpool's high line allows Sterling one on one, but VAR reverses the goal. 
It's a close one. Yeah. Could be the difference in the title. Could be. Race. Um, I thought Sterling just in general this game. Real stinky. As as per usual for us, but for normal people, if you didn't come away thinking that, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, tapping merchant. What um, can you say? It was a great deflection off of Foden from a Salah shot that they gave uh, as a goal kick to City. I don't know if you remember that. That was hilarious. How, uh, who's the ref? Taylor? This one? I forget who it was. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Anthony Taylor. Tony Taylor. Um, last 20 minutes, pretty conservative, but if it was going one way, it was mainly City, especially in the last 10. Mars hitting the post on a free kick. Um, I'd say City's biggest regret through the game had to be there was a few times De Bruyne was through, and whoever had the ball just didn't pick him out. Grealish <clears throat> towards the end and in the middle of the game, Sterling, mm-hmm. not able to do it. And then at the very end, the chip. The Mares just shit chip. Yeah. I don't mind the idea because it was obviously there. And he's technically your top goal scorer this mm-hmm. year. But that was bad. That was bad. Could yeah. cost them the title. Yeah. Anything that stood out to you in the second half? You know, it was just... It was it, it was it was a wild game. It was it was up for grabs, and I was surprised that both teams kept the foot on the throttle. Uh, I thought maybe, you know, a lot of times you come out after that kind of first half where it's just full throttle, um, and it's kind of a letdown. But they were still going after it, making the subs, going for the win. I mean, these chances guys, on the line. These- Pep and Klopp are so competitive, not to mention. Yeah. They they just know in their deep recesses of their heart that they think their team is just genuinely much better than the yeah. other team, and they think they can outplay them, hence why they're both going for it. I yeah. think the main takeaway from this is Liverpool have been, some people might say, a bit of a farce. Um in terms of getting these wins, if you're actually watching the games, they don't look as good as, you know, how many points they have and stuff. But the fact that they're able to turn any not great performance into some result, yeah, is amazing. And this honestly was a, it wasn't a great performance. I would say it was a good performance. The defense obviously not good, but the attack, pretty damn good. Midfield held up enough. Ali's son had some big saves um, when they had to call on him. So, but did they deserve a win out of this? No. Did they deserve a loss? Maybe. Yeah, probably. But yet, here they are. They took a point. They held themselves within one point of City. I think they're just going to do it the rest of the year. If City, that doesn't mean City aren't going to win the title, because if City just went out, then they win the title. But I don't know if Liverpool is going to slip. They keep getting results that they need to get consistently even if their performance isn't great the ability to hold on in this match when city was coming full force at them you know there was some luck involved for sure but they they hung in there they were in the match they had opportunities 
They could have lost, but they didn't. I think that says a lot. City maybe kind of the story of their season is that at times they've been poor in their finishing when they could put away games. You look they at, need a number nine. You look at games like against uh, Palace where they easily could have won that game. Yeah. But just couldn't get the end product. And, yeah, you mentioned Sterling. He didn't play very good this game. Gabriel Jesus hasn't looked good in the past few games. So Foden's kind of like a false nine guy. He's not like a regular just out-and-out yeah. striker that you can play. So Yeah, I think there is that need for that killer instinct up front to really put them over the over the line. Mhm. I'd agree. I'd agree. What a match. Yeah, great, match of the season. Great match. Love to see it. That's what the Premier League is all about. Great match between Pep and Klopp. So a lot the, of, go ahead. A lot of mutual respect between those two. You could tell by the handshake at the end of the game. Yes. Um the only thing <clears throat> more anticipated in that game was this week's uh, team of the week. I believe it. Yep. I've been waiting on my toes. Larice, Alonso, Grant Hanley. Hey, get in. Soyuncu, a Norwich and Leicester defender on the team of the week. Is it a timeline I want to live in? I'm not so sure. Uh, Ayer, to round out the back line. Mount, De Bruyne, Mwepu, Dewsbury Hall, Sun, and Timo Werner. There it is. There's your team of the week. I'm still all in on Timo Werner, the fact that he has been incredibly unlucky. <laughs> and hey, I, I'm going to die on that hill. I'm yeah. never selling that stock. I hope I hope he continues to struggle and then Arsenal will buy him. <laughs> yep. That'd be great. He'd love it. I'd love it. He can hit the post on Arsenal. That's fine <laughs> by me. Anyways, getting into the upcoming matches. I don't know why I clicked on this one. First match on Saturday. Nice and early. Bright and early. See what I did there? Yeah, bright and Tottenham early. versus Brighton. Um, yeah, I don't know. Tottenham's been killing it. I don't know if they could really have much of a let off in this one. That might be the killer line right there. But I, I, I just like where they're going, even though Doherty's hurt. Um, I think they'll have enough in this one. I'm going to go with a 2-0. Victory over Brighton. I think Brighton could put in a good performance if they can build on the game against Arsenal. I think they could make it tough for Spurs the way that they play. I think it's going to be 2-2. United, Norwich. Is it another letdown for your Manchester United? (laughs) That would be catastrophic almost. Losing to Norwich. Norwich, they have belief. (laughs) I have belief. Can they create something from open play against United? Probably not. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Um, I feel like they're playing with a sense of relief, maybe. I mean, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that they're getting Yeah, you, you're playing with house money out there. As far as United, they couldn't be motivated to do anything. The only thing that could possibly motivate anyone on this team right now would probably be to stat pad against Norwich. Say, look, my stat, you know, they weren't that bad this year. He had four goals in one game against Norwich. So, Ronaldo hat trick incoming? 
eh, maybe more like a Pogba effect or something, like a goal and two assists or something. Uh, no, I'm gonna go United one nil, and I don't feel good about it. I'll say two nil United. Southampton, Arsenal, at St Mary's. Can Southampton possibly play as bad as they just did? <laughs> I will say yes. But they probably, it might not be as bad. Arsenal, they got to get it figured out and attack. Luckily, their defense, which has been tested the last few weeks, probably won't be tested nearly as much by Southampton this game because uh, their attack just looks terrible right now. But at least they took Brogia out for Armstrong, like we called. Okay, keep doing that, Hans. Well, technically speaking, they were forced to because it was against Chelsea. Well, so we'll see if it continues. It better. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to go Arsenal 2-1. Arsenal always struggles at St. Mary's for whatever reason. Uh, I think this will be a 2-1 Southampton victory. Watford, Brentford. It's the battle of the Fords. The Fords. The Fords derby. <laughs> uh, at the Vic. Brentford are so hot right now. How could anyone in their right mind pick Watford? Yeah. This might be a fat 5-0 Brentford victory. Uh, I don't I don't feel confident <laughs> ever. Ivan Tony Hattrick, all of them from the penalty spot. Buemo <laughs> a goal. Yeah. It can anything can happen. Um no, I just like Brentford's midfield right now and Watford have yet to show me anything especially in attack that's worth even considering picking them. Brentford 2-0. For me, I feel like I really want to see Brentford continue on their good run of form, but I'm not super confident in it, so I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. I expect Watford to play a little better than they have been. I don't. <laughs> Newcastle, Leicester, St. James. This is an interesting game. Yeah. Especially if Leicester can play up a little better like they did last game. Um, And Newcastle, you know, we're still... They're a mixed bag, you know. We'll see if they can piece it together. This feels like a draw. This feels like a nice probably 1-1, maybe 2-2. I'll go 1-1 draw. I'm going to say 2-1 Leicester. I like the vibes they got going. Good midweek game. Got the win against PSV. Oh, you're talking about that game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I thought you were going to say this was a midweek game. I was going to say, sir, it's literally it's a Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> a Sunday game. Uh, West Ham, Burnley. Claret and Blue Derby. West Ham struggle with lower teams. They don't have a ton to play for. Burnley have everything to play for. I don't know what to make of the narratives of this game. At the London Stadium, I'll probably go West Ham. Like This feels like one they show up for no reason. I'm going to go West Ham 2-0. I think it'll be a 1-0 West Ham. Not very convincing, but... Is it... We should be predicting games that'll be the worst game of the week. Yeah, I think that's that's a contender. <laughs> Wait, scroll down real quick. I meant down. I think that I think that might just be the worst game of the week. West Ham right now is like a bottom five team to watch. I'll be quite frank. Nah, maybe more like bottom seven, bottom eight. Yeah, they're not doing so hot. Getting into the midweek games, Liverpool versus United. This one could get ugly for United. 
Maybe. What was the last one? Four or five? Five. Five. I forget. No. Six? Five, no. Seven? <laughs> one, two, three, four. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to envision anything, but Liverpool, you know, grinding out a victory. I mean, if United were able to go to Liverpool, knock them off of the title race, the City could win, be the stuff of legends, I guess. I don't know if they'd like it very much. When you look at this Man United squad, <laughs> Legends is about the farthest yeah. thing from it. Uh, debatable. <laughs> debatable. Um, yeah, I Liverpool 3-0. I can't see anything else. Yeah, I like Liverpool 3-0. Chelsea, Arsenal at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Wednesday, April 20th. Yeah, I don't know. Chelsea playing a whole lot better lately, but out of the Champions League now... I don't know what to make of their aspirations, what they're going to do. Probably less squad rotation, I would guess. How many games do you even have, like, Christensen and maybe even Rudiger and stuff for? It's like you might as well use them up. Yeah. So um, as far as Arsenal, depending how the other one against Saints goes, I guess they might rotate as best they can to save for this game. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go... Chelsea 2-1 in the Derby. A lot of times you just have to throw form out in a game like this. Uh, I think this is going to be a tough one for Arsenal, especially if the result against um, Southampton is not a good one. That could really lead to a maybe a very lopsided a game. We've seen it out of Arsenal at Stamford Bridge before. Yeah. Uh, I'm just concerned about the midfield against Chelsea. I feel like Chelsea might dominate this game. We'll see. They've been playing real good lately. They almost came back against Madrid. Well, they did come back, and then they blew it. I'm gonna they say, blew it. I'm going to say 4-0 Chelsea. That's too high. That's too high. Derby's like this. Teams hang around. 2-1. Uh, Everton, Leicester, another Derby. <laughs> this is like making. Don't, don't understand <laughs> the, the concept. Derby. <laughs> yeah, the, don't understand the concept of like what a rivalry is. Uh, this is Derby right here. <laughs> I deem it This so. famous London Derby, Everton and Leicester. <laughs> the, the, the Fox Toffee Derby. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This feels like one where Everton might play like okay and then one thing goes wrong and then Leicester win like 3-0. Yeah. But then again, you're probably hyping up Leicester a little too much because they're still Leicester and they'll fall off a bit. Yeah. Um, I'll go 2-1 Leicester. I'll say 3-1 Leicester. Newcastle. Palace. What are you looking at in this one? Yeah, it's... I like this game. It's it's two sides that are kind of up and coming. I think it's the Johan Kabai Derby. The Johan Kabai Derby. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> Speaking of derbies, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how Palace play if they can get out on the front foot early away at St. James's Park. That could be huge for them. Newcastle, are they going to sit back? Are they going to hold the ball? They might struggle a little bit with the press from Palace if they're on their game. I think this one will be a 2-2 draw. That's why I was going to go. So I'm on one up you. 3-3 three, three draw. 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, I could see it. Two teams that can... They could put the biscuit in the basket. Score some goals, yeah. Man City, Brighton, Hove Albion. Wouldn't it be funny if Brighton knocked Man City out of the title race or, you know... We saw how the one behind. went earlier, and I always make this point. Pep likes to play on the counter when he can because he's not going to do it that much. 
but every once it's like a treat for him he's like yes <laughs> don't mind if i do <laughs> finally and then he just takes advantage uh we'll go city three nil i'll say city two nil and the last game of the match week and a half <laughs> burnley versus southampton a real doozy to end it off yeah, this one's up there with uh, the Burnley-West Ham game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Worst game yeah. of the week. And um, they both involve Burnley. Mm, yeah. Rough. It doesn't have anything to do with that club. Uh, <laughs> we were so high on Burnley that one episode. Yeah, and then we sold it. Faded fast. They won a game, and we knew they could win one or two more, which I think they won one and then drew another, and then we're like, all right. And then they lost yeah. all in one episode. <laughs> And they played like five games in the span of two weeks. Yeah, and then we got Burnley'd out. We're like, all right, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. That's you? enough. That um, was your one Burnley episode for the year. Gosh. This one, tough to say if Southampton in such poor form and, you know, Burnley need it. Yeah. This feels like a 1-1 draw, and I have no explanation as to why. Both midfields are pretty stinky. Especially now, uh, Southampton's midfield's pretty poop. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go with a draw, 1-1. One, one. I'm going to say 1-0 Southampton. I think they can get it done. Maybe early goal. Do we have a prediction? Yeah, my prediction is that Bruno Fernandes is going to score a brace against... Norwich. Norwich. Well. Yeah, really going out on a limb there. <laughs> hey, Bruno, congratulations. <laughs> He's going against <laughs> Norwich. My hands going against Liverpool. Yeah. That will wrap things up here on the Premiership Perusal podcast. Tune in next week. More than likely be next Friday. Be uploading. Be recapping. Be previewing. We'll be doing it all. You know what we do here. We keep things exciting. Every week. We keep it moving. We keep you on your toes. Just like the Premier League. Until next week, adios, mis amigos. Thank you for listening. Arigato gozaimasu.